everyone. My name is Michelle and welcome to Romcom Weekly. Today I'm joined once again by my husband Frank and we're talking about the movie The Breakup. Hey Frank. Hey, how are you? I'm I'm great. How are you? Not bad. Okay. Let's dive right in. This movie was released in 2006. It's directed by Peyton Reed, written by Jeremy Gerolick and Jay Lavender. It stars Vince Vaughn and Jennifer Aniston. The imdb.com summary is In a bid to keep their luxurious condo from their significant other, a couple's breakup proceeds to get uglier and nastier by the moment. It has a 5.8 on IMDb and it made more than $205 million worldwide. All right, Frank, let's start with you. On a scale from 1 to 10, what would you rate this movie? Not a 5.8. That's a disgrace. <laughs> Seriously. Okay, tell me more. I would give this an 8. An 8? Okay. I am in agreement with you. 5.8 is very low, or surprisingly low. I'm giving this movie a 7.8. Also pretty high. Yeah, we're quite close. So I usually ask the guest why you chose this film to discuss, but I'm actually the one who chose to discuss this film this time around. I just thought it'd be an interesting film to talk about as a happily married couple talking about a film about a breakup. Mm -hmm. Do you have any type of relationship with this film? Nothing really special. When I first watched it many years ago, it was just a, another Vince Vaughn comedy that came out with another big star, Jennifer Aniston. Over the years, it's been on repeat on a number of different cable channels. Uh, and then we watched it together. I think being in the relationship with you, there were a couple of takeaways from the movie that have become a part of the normal back and forth of our relationship. So it was it's kind of a teachable moment. I think that's the relationship that I have with this. Yeah. I can't remember the first time I saw this movie either. So this movie came out in 2006. I must have seen it around the time it came out. And I think this was before I had any serious, serious relationships. So I think this movie was interesting in the fact that it really showed like the uglier sides of dating. A lot of rom-coms usually show like the glowy, the happy parts of being together or finding your person. But as we all know, the ending is non-traditional. They don't end up together. It's a true breakup. I thought it was a fresh take on a relationship, which, you know, a lot of relationships don't work out in the end. In some ways, it kind of follows the 500 Days of Summer concept where this is not a, a love story. It's a story about love or something like that. Something like that, sure. What are some other things that you liked about the movie? I think it was a pretty close portrayal of, of real life relationships. Instead of it being like a, a comedy first, interspersed with, with romance, I think it's primarily a study on relationships and how they fail with some slapstick comedy interspersed in there. Mm -hmm. So it's not the traditional rom-com. And I think that's one of the reasons why I rated it so highly this time around, because it wasn't quite formulaic. It still had some of those similar tropes, but it more deeply examined relationships than I would have expected in this type of movie. Yeah, I agree with you. I think also now that we've been in a relationship for so long, it was really interesting to me watching the film being like, oh, I... I understand exactly what's happening here. Mm -hmm. I identify, I feel seen, and I feel heard. I don't know if other people who watch this movie feel the same way. Like I mentioned when this movie came out, I didn't have experience with a serious relationship. So it was kind of maybe more funny and then also just been like, what? They didn't end up together at the end. 
But, you know, you live life, you start to realize there are a lot of flaws in relationships and in people, and you kind of learn to compromise and work together. That being said, some things that I liked about the movie, set in Chicago. Oh, yeah. Shout out Chicago once again. Uh, Vince Vaughn's actually from Chicago. So I think when I look back at some of the films he's done, a lot of them actually take place in Chicago. Also, fun fact, I think Vince Vaughn is now a New York Knicks fan. Cool. Fun fact. I like the casting. I mean, I'm a big Jennifer Aniston fan. I'm a Friends fan. And Vince Vaughn, you know, he's the funny man. And I think that they were quite believable and I liked them together. I thought their chemistry was very real. And trivia point, they were actually dating during the filming of this movie. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah, Jennifer Aniston and Vince Vaughn were an actual couple. Huh. I was reading on some forums before we did the podcast and a lot of people did not seem to believe in the on-screen chemistry between the Mm. two leading roles and i was like there's no there's not supposed to be chemistry Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be a lot of hurt a lot of frustration right a lot of missed connections Mm -hmm. and i feel like that type of on-screen chemistry they pulled off really well Mm -hmm. so i i disagree with the the internet forum posters about the chemistry i wonder why they think that there was no chemistry and i also wonder what they define chemistry to be like Mm. was jennifer aniston like out of his league, or Brooke, I should say, out of Gary's league. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't really think about it that hard, but I just really found them entertaining on screen, and I liked them together. Strong supporting cast. I'm just going to name a few people here. We have Joey Lauren Adams as Addie, John Michael Higgins as Brother Richard, John Favreau as best friend Johnny O, Jason Bateman as Riggleman, Vincent D'Onofrio as Brother Dennis, Justin Long as Christopher. Those are just like some of the noteworthy ones. So I would say this is a pretty stacked cast. I'm just going to reference the actors of the supporting cast throughout this podcast because there's no way I'm going to remember the names of the characters characters in the movie. One other thing I really liked about this movie is that I thought it was quite realistic, as you mentioned, in the way that Brooke and Gary are frustrated within their relationship. They're just so unable to say what they actually mean. Mm Mm-hmm. And for me, watching this on screen, you're just like, just say what you mean. And I think that helped inform me as a person in the relationship I have with you is to say what I mean. And maybe sometimes I shouldn't be saying what I actually mean. I may be too blunt. Mm. No, I, I think you should continue that in our relationship. I think it makes sense because I'm such a literal person. Yeah, you really, really are. Okay, let's move on to things you didn't like about the movie. Mm hmm. Not a whole lot. I think the movie for me was extremely enjoyable as I went through it. I think looking back and trying to like write up my notes and focus on the different themes, I felt like the ending was really accelerated. Like it just Mm. kind of flipped very quickly. And the messaging, it it was like almost like a tale of, you know, the first 80% and then the last 20%. And I don't really feel like they did a great job of connecting those two pieces. Mm -hmm. Um, And we can touch on those particular themes a little bit later. But other than that, I thought it was a fun ride. I thought there were a lot of lessons to be learned Mm -hmm. in terms of having good relationships with uh, people that you care about. Yeah, that's about it. I also wrote down in terms of things I don't like about this movie, there's not a whole lot. I think similar to you, it felt a little disjointed. But also, in addition to that, I don't think this movie is particularly funny. Oh, okay. As rom-coms go. 
I think it's funny by sheer fact that Vince Vaughn is being Vince Vaughn-y. Right. But in terms of the actual humor in the movie, there's not a whole lot. There's a lot of yelling. Obviously, they're breaking up. Right. I think there's a lot of lessons learned, as you say. But I didn't find myself laughing a whole lot. I think it was whenever the minor characters appeared. Yes. They were all just... They were realistic. Right. And I think that was the comedic relief. Yeah. Between the scenes of, like, impactful drama. Mm -hmm. So, like, Justin Long's character is not made to be believable. (laughs) It feels like Justin Long's character, somewhat like the creepy brother in uh, Wedding Crashers. Mm -hmm. Kind of that vibe. Who's in this movie, by the way. He plays one of... Brooks dates like I think he's the accountant I don't know his actual name apologies and then the gallery owner I forgot her name Marilyn Dean Marilyn Dean she's just another type like Johnny O and <laughs> Gary's younger brother like they're just very exaggerated versions of of people right and they provide a little bit of comedy throughout the process yeah I agree with you but I think as like I mentioned as rom-coms go I, I tend to I guess want more levity mm-hmm this wasn't a this wasn't a there light There wasn't movie. a whole lot of levity in this. And maybe this is an unpopular opinion. Vince Vaughn as Gary it was a little exhausting. Do you think that's intentional, unintentional? Um I don't know if it's intentional or not intentional. I just think like Vince Vaughn, so he was a producer on this film as well. So I think he got to have some creative freedom in making this movie. But he's just like the fast talking motor mouth Vince Vaughn as he is. And it's fun, but I think, and maybe this is one of the reasons why this movie hasn't done so well on the IMDb score, I guess, is that maybe it's not that rewatchable. I found, like, while we were watching this last night, I was getting a little tired of Gary. 100%. He's annoying. Yeah. Because he doesn't get it through his thick head. I guess I can't separate Vince Vaughn and Gary. I don't like the character Gary. (laughs) I think that's what I'm trying to say. So, it's a very similar character that he plays in Wedding Crashers. Mm-hmm. But the difference in this movie is he's he's only doing his Vince Vaughn shtick on the other side of a dramatic actor. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no Owen Wilson to have repartee with right. Vince Vaughn. And so he's doing this whole thing, and there's nothing to, to bounce it off of. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, a frustrated Brooke slash Jennifer Aniston. Mm-hmm. And in the mindset of Jennifer Aniston, it's like, why Why is this guy continuing to just be a jackass? Right. So it doesn't really have the same sort of impact for the viewer as in some of his other films. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, those are my only two big things, which maybe that's why you and I rated it so high was just because we didn't find a whole lot of things we didn't like about the movie. Or the things that we, we didn't like, we kind of fast forwarded through it. Yeah. Like I felt like I was in a bit of a, a daze when he he was started going on his rants, mm. and I just kind of tuned some of that stuff out. Yeah, and it was fine. All right. Well, let's get into the meat of it then. It seems like you have a lot of things to say about themes, so why don't you go ahead and kick us off with that? Oh man, should I list out the bullet points first? Oh my god! Or should we kind of go one by one? Let's do bullet points. This okay. is very frank. Let's do bullet points. I have first. four key bullet points. Okay, great. Start it off. One. Talking things out prevents a lot of misunderstandings. Two, pride is hard to overcome and trying to get back at other people is counterproductive. Point three, surrounding yourself with people you want advice from is so important. That's something that I really think we need to to dive deep into. Fourth, finding yourself, which seems 
like a, a common theme in a lot of different rom coms recently. Okay, so let's start with one. Let's break <laughs> this down. Okay, please. Number one, talking it out prevents a lot of misunderstandings. This seems to be a situation where they both actually wanted the same thing. Gary never wanted to hurt Brooke, mm-hmm. and Brooke never really wanted to break up with Gary. Mm-hmm. It was at the end when they actually had the heart-to-heart where they realized the actual intentions were, were very pure, but all of the other stuff that happened in between that fight and when Gary ended up cooking Brooke dinner, like all of that was just very unproductive, and a lot of it was because they chose not to have the conversations that they really should have been having. I agree with your point one. This is a very specific bullet point. The thing I took away was just communication. Yeah. A thousand percent. (laughs) One thousand percent. Brooke and Gary just have so much pride. Mm -hmm. Neither one of them is willing to take the first step and being like, hey, I'm sorry. This is what I actually meant. Neither one wants to admit that they have been just overstepping and going way overboard with their ridiculous actions. And I think that as someone who has some pride... Mm. Say that again? (laughs) I will admit, it's one of my bigger flaws, is that in a relationship, I do tend to have a lot of pride. I like to think I'm always right. Anyway, all this to say is that I think we can all learn to be better communicators. What was your point two again? My point two was about pride. Oh, sorry. I overstepped on your point two. No, I think you hit the nail on the head. The vindictiveness was essentially happening in lieu of the communication. Mm -hmm. And that was really unproductive. I mean, if all of those vindictive things didn't happen, the movie would be very short. And it wouldn't be a breakup. So I think a lot of, I would say like 50% of the movie was about how they were trying to get back at each other. Mm -hmm. Maybe more, actually. Yeah. It spiraled, yeah. right? It, it spiraled into essentially a drug-fueled orgy in the apartment. Yeah. And that took the relationship to its logical conclusion. Like, there was no coming back from that. Yeah. And it was all largely unproductive. Very unproductive. Okay, let's get into your point three. Surrounding yourself with people you want advice from. Mm. You were very emphatic when you when you shared this point. So tell me more. So I think each of Gary and Brooke had some problems. Brooke had a really uh, down-to-earth and grounded friend in Joey Lauren Adams. Mm-hmm. Forgot what her, her, her name is. Her name Addie. Addie. Addie was giving her good advice. Mm-hmm. She was not taking it at all. So she was ignoring good advice. So she needs to surround herself with people that will prevent her from making bad choices. I agree with you. I will say, though, that Addie's never really up front and being like, hey, dumbass. Brooke, wake up. You got to stop this ridiculousness. I think she was just like, okay, well, what are your goals? Like, what are you trying to achieve by doing this? Like, yes, I I agree. Addie was the more rational friend. Right. But I think there could have been more steps to making Brooke wake up. Right. Agreed. Gary has other problems in that he doesn't have any friends willing to give him fairly decent advice. Johnny O, who is... uh, Played by John Favreau. John Favreau. Just the worst... I mean, he's very funny. <laughs> the worst friend? Yeah, he's he's not trying to help him. I think I disagree. I think through the majority of it, he's trying to be a loyal friend. Like, you can stay with me, you know, the condo, like, you're not going to keep the condo. But it's more towards the end at the bar scene where 
John Favreau tells Gary, like, Brooke never stood a chance. When do we ever get to do things I want to do? We always only go to Cubs games. I think he helps Gary realize that Gary is incredibly selfish and that he won't change for anyone, especially Brooke. Oh, yeah. At the end, he, he does a total 180 and he offers a lot of clarity for, for Gary. Yeah. And ultimately, it inspires him to do the whole dinner scene. Mm -hmm. But at the beginning, he was just being like a knucklehead. Yeah. Just like his younger brother. I forget his initials, like LD or something. His name is Lupus, played by Cole Hauser. Yeah, that he's a character and he's not really pulling him in the right direction. Mm -hmm. His older brother is not really like a an emotional person who is available for him. So I just want to call out Dennis, who is played by Vincent D'Onofrio. He made me LOL many times during this movie. Like you just mentioned, he doesn't like physical affection between brothers. He looks so uncomfortable in that one scene where Gary tries to hug him after he's he gives a, him the tour logs. He's just awkward. He's so awkward. The entire time. And you're like, is this an acting choice? Like, I don't know. It just really made me like it so much. Like him talking to Gary about not selling the condo and like, why would you sell your biggest asset? And, like, he's wiping his ears <laughs> as he's talking. Like, I don't know if it was, like, a nervous tick. It was just, it was funny. Especially since in the recent movies, he's been in Jurassic World. Mm -hmm. And he's, like, this big, I don't know, like, military persona mm -hmm. and all put together. And in this case, he's, like, in a frumpy suit. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's a funny change of pace. Yeah. I agree with your point three. Surrounding yourself with good people is very important. I think that's very tropey in rom-coms. It's always like the protagonists are the ones who make like the worst decisions, but then they always have like the sidekick friend who's usually the voice of reason being like, are you sure you want to go down this path? Or it's usually like the dude who has like the knucklehead friends being oh, like, yeah. yeah, let's, yeah, who cares about heartbreak? Let's go to the strip club and let's ease our pain through seeing naked women dance for us. That's a good point. I didn't think of it as a rom-com trope, but the more that you mention it, I think it's very true. All right. Point four, finding yourself. Finding yourself. So I feel like this was the intention of the movie all along, which was to say, if you break up, it's not the end of the world and it's okay. Mm. And I think there's actually parts of the movie that kind of foreshadow the ultimate theme that they're trying to make or bring out at the end. Okay. Because at the end, like Brooke goes to, to travel, like she goes to find her artistic self. Mm-hmm. And Gary doubles down on expanding the family business. So it's not like they were both holding each other back, as in some other like movies. Mm -hmm. But they had the chance to explore or give themselves to other things other than each other, which is not always a bad thing. Mm -hmm. So I feel like this movie was trying to say that it's okay to break up, even though the love was always there. Yeah. I also think this was a key theme in the movie because part of the songs that were sung during the movie directly allude to this this, uh, this concept. It's very observational. It is. I did, I did a little bit of research. Okay. So at the dinner table, when Richard brings out the kazoo <laughs> or pitch pipe, I, I don't... He doesn't actually have a pitch pipe. Oh, he does? Oh, he just... Mm. <laughs> yes. So when Richard sings at that first family dinner scene, yeah. the song is by a band called Yes. And the song is called Owner of a Lonely Heart. And it's based on moving on. Mm. So the fun fact, the band Yes broke up and then reformed, 
I think in 1983. And this song was the only song on that platinum album when they reformed that made it to number one on the Billboard charts. Wow. The lyrics are very interesting. It's better to have a lonely heart than a broken heart. There are additional lyrics beyond that, but it's like you got to pick yourself up and you move on. Just keep going. Is it better to have a lonely heart than a broken heart? It's a really good question. I don't know. Huh. There you go. Food for thought. But I feel like that song was specifically used, in addition to the comedic component, to foreshadow like, oh, there's going to be a breakup. And it's okay, because other things might happen. And maybe you'll end up back together like this band. Wow. And produce some really great hits. Or it might not. And you might go your individual ways and learn from this experience. Mm. I wonder if the music supervisors of the film did this music choice intentionally. There's so many songs that they could possibly have acapella. I feel like there was a method behind this madness. I, I would like to give them credit if they if they did. That's a really close watch on that. Interesting theme, finding yourself. I don't know if I took that away from this movie. I will admit that I do think how the movie ends, how they don't get back together. It does show like there was love there and life goes on. Life finds a way. It's a lot of Jurassic Park today. <laughs> One of the themes, I don't know if it's a theme, but it's a concept that I took away also, and it probably ties into one of your four bullets here, is that we shouldn't assume. I think that goes under like talking things out and misunderstandings, but I think a lot of problems, I will just speak for myself, is that a lot of the conflicts that happen in relationships are because there's a lot of assumptions going on. Mm -hmm. I think Gary in the movie says, I'm not a mind reader, Brooke. Like, Yes to that, a thousand percent, because I think a lot of people who go into relationships expect their partner to know everything. I feel so heard. And that's an unrealistic request. Expect your partner to be able to read your mind. And I think you just got to communicate. Love the themes you took away. But let's move on to favorite scene. Would you like to start? How about you start this time? Okay. Well, I'm going to take the funny scene if I'm starting. Dinner table, parents meeting, families meeting, and Brother Richard just starts singing a cappella. The song that you mentioned. Come, come on the kick drum, Gary, on the kick tang, drum. Tang, 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 tang. <laughs> I just, every time that scene comes up, I just chuckle. I think this is the scene that gets the biggest laugh for me. Who does that? No, seriously, I, I know this is not the WTF moments. Uh-huh. But who, who thinks it's a good idea to break out into a cappella at a family dinner? Uh, that's a good question. I hadn't thought of that. I would assume that if you come from a musically inclined family, that probably happens more often than not. Really? But probably not like when the families are meeting for the first time. Exactly. Anyhow, I didn't mean to distract you from, from your favorite scene. Please go on. No, your turn. You, you share one. I think the fight scenes are funny, but my favorite scenes are actually the most emotional ones. Mm. So the two that come to mind are when Brooke gets stood up at the... Concert, the, concert. the mm -hmm. 97s, and Gary sees her on the bed and she's crying, and it's like this really tender moment, and that's that's actually when Gary comes to, yeah, and, and he says, "I'm not a mind reader," mm -hmm. and she says, "You are who you are," and there, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say I copy pasted that quote that Brooke says to Gary because that's one of the very formative moments for me as well. I thought that scene. It was a real genuine moment for the two of them. It was probably the first genuine moment. Mm -hmm. So first of all, I think Jennifer Aniston and the director made a great 
shots of her sitting alone and her face during the concert was just like, it was such a sad, lonely face. She had no one to act off of, and she just did that really well. And then Vince Vaughn, when he comes, he walks into that room and he he's genuinely like sad and he's confused. Mm-hmm. He's like, I, I don't, I didn't really know what the right thing to do was. Mm-hmm. And I felt really bad for him in that moment because he wasn't trying to hurt her. Mm-hmm. It was the last thing that he wanted to do. And so they're both so emotionally vulnerable uh, in a movie that didn't show a lot of real emotion. Exactly. Yeah. And it's interesting that that's the point when Gary comes to, because that's like the moment when Brooke, I think is like, this is her grand gesture. She's like, I want to make amends. But it just went way over Gary's head being like, I have zero idea what manipulative game she might be playing with me now. Right, right. I want to say the quote if I can. Please, yeah. Okay, so Brooke in this scene tells Gary, I just don't know how we got here. Our entire relationship, I have gone above and beyond for you, for us. I've cooked. I've picked your shit up off the floor. I've laid your clothes out for you like you're a four-year-old. I support you. I supported your work. If we ever had dinner or anything, I did the plans. I take care of everything, and I just don't feel like you appreciate any of it. I don't feel you appreciate me. All I want is to know is for you to show me that you care. And so, like, in that one little speech, that's, like, everything. Yeah. At the end of the day, I think anyone who's in any kind of relationship, romantic, platonic, family, you just want the other person to show that you care. And that they're appreciated. And it's such a basic thing that Gary doesn't seem to understand. But in Gary's mind, he's like, why Why do I need to show that I appreciate? Like, you know, I show that by going to work every day. I show you by, like, performing sexual acts on you, whatever, you know, as he alludes to in the movie. But, like, in his mind, he thinks he's doing a good job. Seems like they have slightly different love languages. Yeah. And... I think they assume that they're the same, but they're not. Yeah, that was heavy. And I, I really like that scene as well. Uh, the other really emotional scene comes shortly after that, when Brooke comes home with Tom Brady White, <laughs> who, I don't know the actor's name, but he kind of looks like Tom Brady, but... His name is Ivan Sergei. He had like a CW show like a long time ago. So he, he comes home to look at some art. And Gary is is cooking dinner for Brooke. He's extremely contrite. He's trying to make amends. And after Tom Brady Light leaves the apartment for for a hot second, Vince Vaughn goes into this whole speech. And that was also, in my opinion, like really great acting. Like this type of chemistry, if you had this type of chemistry in a drama for an entire movie, they probably would have gotten nominated for something. Wow, okay. Like his face and his body language and like the expectations that he had and then the disappointment Mm -hmm. and then the sadness that you can see in Brooke's face change as he's saying these things. It's like, I'm so glad he's come around, but it's too late Mm -hmm. and I can't, it's irreparable. And all of that lumped into one scene when, you know, dinner's on the table. It's just, it's really sad. Yeah. I thought that was really powerful moment, even Mm -hmm. though it was, there's no comedy in there whatsoever. None. Uh, so it's it's kind of interesting that my two favorite scenes didn't really have anything to do with the, the comedic nature of it. Gary's line in that scene is like, he comes to the realization, it's not about doing the things you love. It's about doing things with the one you love. Mm-hmm. 
And that I think is a very, again, basic takeaway. Like, I don't know if anyone's ever needed to verbalize that, but that's incredibly true. Oh, it's, it's had to be verbalized before. Yes, I was trying to get you off the hook, but there we go. I have one other scene that I really like, and I think you and I have maybe quoted this movie from, or quoted this line time to time, is that I want you to want to do the dishes. It's classic. It's classic because, of course, like, why would I want to do the dishes? It's not about doing the dishes. It's about helping your partner out in times of quote unquote need, Mm -hmm. right? So I want you to want to do the dishes is a very easy line for me to be like, Frank, I need you to show up for me right now. Yeah. What was the funniest scene for you besides the kick drum on the, and Gary on the kick drum? I'm I'm trying to think. I think there's two. Okay. There's two that come to mind. One is... Uh, Jason Bateman's character, Riggleman, this is right after the charades fight. And he's sitting down with the two of them, both as their friend and as their realtor. <laughs> and he's like, I, I want to waive the commission. Company policy can't do it. Yeah. Jason Bateman's character is just, he, he looks just like he sounds in the movie. Yeah. So I like that one. And then uh, the Johnny O scene with uh, John Favreau toward the end where he's like, He's just like winking at him. He's like, I'll take care of it. Say it real loud. Dial some phone numbers. Do me numbers. a favor. Make some phone calls tonight. They you got, know. They got logs for that. <laughs> yeah, it's the side characters that bring the laughs for sure. All right, well, let's get into WTF moments. Plot holes and the most unrealistic moments. Who hits on an attractive woman at a baseball game when they're visibly with another person? So I actually failed to mention this as one of the things I disliked about Vince Vaughn being very Vince Vaughn-y uh-huh. in this movie is that he comes at Brooke way too aggro. Like that's... Is that not okay? No, I don't think that's okay. That's like a... I'm not into it. Maybe some women are like, oh, he's like gonna fight for me and won't take no for an answer. But at the same time, it's like, maybe that's just who I am, which is why I didn't like it. But Like no, no means no to some degree. in in gary's mind maybe he's flirting you know like this is how he flirts and if she says yes then i scored can a condo really sell that quickly and then people would need to vacate within two weeks two weeks sounds really fast i don't know enough about real estate to have feelings about this but when you sell something paperwork takes time yeah and neither of them seem well i guess brooke is going to go travel so there's no like sense of urgency in needing to find a new home. Oh, another WTF moment. Their families are meeting for the first time, and Gary's not stressed out. He's like not thinking that mm. he needs to make a good impression. He doesn't. He's coming home, and the first thing he does is watch a baseball game. I missed this. This is such a good point. I was very stressed out. Like when our families first met, I remember we, we went to a restaurant. I was very nervous. Mm-hmm, me too. I imagine that both Brooke and Gary would have been like, they would have probably had conversations beforehand about what to bring up, what not to bring up. Maybe there's a brother who likes to sing and you might want to humor him. But maybe that's also the point is that that conversation probably didn't happen. Yeah. Because Gary probably isn't stressed, you know, like maybe he doesn't care, which is why we see Brooke so frenzied in the kitchen. She's already dressed up, ready to go and like, set the table and all these things like those are very realistic feelings to have in my mind gary's just being a dick i agree for the first half of the movie or 80 percent of the movie gary's gary's not a likable character as you said yeah um marilyn dean 
She's, I don't think she's unrealistic. I don't think she's unrealistic, but I just wanted to call her out because A, I think she's funny and B, like I have other things to say about her. And I felt like this was the category to bring her up in. She tells Brooke that she needs to take a day off work after the breakup because she looks like shit. And I was just like, Brooke looks beautiful. Like, it's impossible to make Jennifer Aniston look bad. That's my one thing. And also, like, is Marilyn Dean the best boss ever? She gives her the day off. She pays for a wax, which is kind of inappropriate. And then she tells Brooke that she could always have a job at the gallery if she decides to come back after her travels. Like, she's just so understanding and so willing to let Brooke be Brooke. Yeah, she's a hard ass on the outside. Mm. But she really... I mean, she has two employees, maybe three if you count the the nude male model. I don't know. Right. But yeah, she's um, she's a nice boss. Nice boss. I actually didn't catch that many WTFs. I think because it's so ridiculous and how Brooke and Gary are trying to one up each other in their like I don't even know what you want to call it. It's like a competition. Yeah. To, to like piss the other person off. Yeah. I would say that they can try to piss each other off, but. I was very surprised by by Richard again. Mm-hmm. Richard showing up in somebody else's condo and rehearsing a cappella while they're sleeping in the other room. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's next level vindictiveness. Yeah. Like Richard's got no skin in this game. Like why would you move mm. your rehearsal? Well, also like why would you want to involve other people? I wouldn't want to involve friends. I'd feel bad if I wanted to like get revenge on you, I definitely would not loop in other people. Yeah, and other people shouldn't be so readily willing to to get that involved. Right. It's a good one. I just think Richard's a psychopath. I love Richard, though. I mean, he does have a a voice of gold. (laughs) What are your thoughts on the ending? Are you happy with it? I am. I think the ultimate conclusion works out for me. I think it, it happened a little too fast. Yeah. I think the... Something just flipped, and then everything moved really quickly. Like, the whole thing about Jennifer Aniston wanting to travel, I didn't feel like it Mm. was properly built up over the course of the movie. I agree with you. Like, all of a sudden, she's like, I'm just going to quit, and it's because of Gary. I just need to go find myself. That was very sudden for me. Mm -hmm. Whereas on Gary's side of things, I feel like the intentions from, from Dennis and, you know, like refocusing on the family business. Yeah. yeah, that was more organic. I agree with you. Yeah, because Dennis, there was a lot of conflict between that brother relationship as well. But yeah, Brooke, I think that they really sped that forward. Even the awkward like meeting at the end was accurately awkward. It was. I actually have a trivia point here. So the original ending actually featured Gary and Brooke running into each other at an art fair, but they were each dating someone else that looked like the other person. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it tested poorly, so they refilmed it, and what we see now is what they ended up with. I, I, I like this. It's very, like, you still probably have feelings, some sort of feelings, and you don't really know what to do with them. Yeah, I'm actually trying to think now how much time has passed, because we see, like, snowfall, I'm going to say at least six months. How long does it take to, to buy a boat? I don't know. I don't know how much money they had saved up for the boat, but... Probably had to save more because he got rid of his asset. <laughs> yeah, I like the ending too. I do agree with you that it seemed a little rushed to get there. I like again that it had a fresh take, like the protagonists aren't together, and that sometimes people are too different to stay together in the end. 
and also taking uh, a key learning away from our Definitely Maybe podcast, which is you should listen to if you haven't heard it. Timing is so important. Like Gary and his next relationship, whoever it's with, is probably not going to take that person for granted because he learned this lesson this time. Mm. And Brooke is probably not going to try to, she's going to articulate what she wants. And she probably also won't play those sorts of mind games to try to get back at them uh, initially. Mm -hmm. It's like all of these things is, I forgot the point I was trying to make. Timing is everything. Timing is so important. Yeah. All right. Well, then this kind of segues into the next question. Even though the characters don't end up together at the end, do you think that they might get back together? What are your thoughts? Or do they end up with totally different people? As you just mentioned. Anything can happen. I think statistically they won't. Uh, I think they're trying to move on. Mm-hmm. Brooke maybe is trying to reinvent herself mm-hmm. and might not want to, to go backwards. Right. There was a movie we saw recently where somebody said, you don't go backwards in relationships. Oh, it was Unhappy Endings. Oh, right. What a great, <laughs> what a great show. So many takeaways from that one. Yes. And I, I feel like she she wants to move forward. She has found herself, and despite any remaining feelings she has for Gary, she's going to move forward. Yeah. She mentioned, like, at the dinner that Gary cooks for her is that she doesn't have anything left to give. And that's that's a hard thing to hear from the person across from you in which you hope to build a relationship with. She's like, I, I give up. I don't have anything left to give you. I also don't think that they'll get back together. I think there's, sure, anything can happen. Never say never. But I I tend to agree with you that Brooke has found herself and Gary also is very happy with where he is. Mm -hmm. Are any of these characters likable or relatable? I think so. I think they're all relatable. To some degree, we've all made those same mistakes. Like, we've had the mistake of being thick-headed, oblivious, selfish, vindictive, like all of these qualities that I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> sure. All of these qualities that we see across uh, both Brooke and Gary, everybody has experienced one side of that or the other. Sure. And so I feel like people who have been through relationships see themselves through those two characters in some sh- some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. So they are very relatable. Mm-hmm. It's like these are one-on-one mistakes. Yeah. And are they likable? I think I don't think they're supposed to be super likable. Uh, yeah, totally agree with you. In my mind, I'm like, they are definitely relatable, but definitely not likable. I think we all want the person that we're in a relationship with is to be emotionally available. So that to me is a very big relatable point. They aren't that for the other person. And Gary's just not understanding why his behavior is so wrong. Of course, we've been frustrated, I'm sure, with the other person in the relationship where you're just like, why doesn't that person understand what I'm trying to say? Um, why can't this person just read my mind? But that's not how it works productively, to your point. Who's your favorite character? Vincent D'Onofrio. <laughs> it, it was it was hard. I was going to either pick Vincent D'Onofrio or I was going to pick um, the, the art gallery owner. Marilyn Dean. Marilyn Dean. Why didn't you pick Marilyn Dean? Like, why did you pick... I see a little bit of Vincent D'Onofrio in myself oh. in, in the type of awkwardness that he brings. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't know how to behave in different social situations. Oh, interesting. He doesn't read the room all the time. And he's not always emotionally available to 
people that need him to be emotionally available. Wow. Okay. So you kind of see yourself in a little Dennis. bit. We, we don't have to go too deep. <laughs> I didn't really have one. I just wrote Richard and Johnny O. But I like Dennis. I like I like Dennis as well. I mean, I don't know if there's anything to add to this, but which character do you think has the most character development? Oh, Gary. Gary far. for sure. Anything else to add? No, nothing else to add. So you mentioned some of the music earlier, um, but I have to admit, I took very little notice of the soundtrack. I don't remember any of the songs that played during the movie. Me neither. I know that like when Brooke gets mad, she blasts Alanis Morissette. There's some, I mean, very popular pop songs but I think they skew a little bit older, like 70s. Like the old 97s, I think, is like a band that's a little bit older. Like it's not mm-hmm. of my era, so I can't speak to it. But yeah, I came to this question. I was like, huh, I didn't notice the music at all. No, it wasn't a, it wasn't a character in this movie. And I, I mentioned this earlier, but do you think this movie is beloved, popular? No, I, I don't think it's beloved and popular because the one of the reasons why I think the IMDb rating so low is because... People who come to watch a Vince Vaughn comedy don't get a Vince Vaughn comedy. Mm -hmm. They get Vince Vaughn doing half of a comedy, Mm -hmm. but it's really a drama that is interspersed with a little bit of comedy. I agree with you. I think that's accurate. My thoughts were that it's not popular or beloved because I just don't think it's that funny. Like I mentioned earlier, I think there are certain expectations that fell flat maybe with this movie, even though it made a lot of money at the box office. And, like, this was in 2006. So this is two years post-Friends ending. So Jennifer Aniston is, like, oh, she's bankable. Hot. Yeah, very bankable. So it made money. But I guess it's just not a movie that people really liked. Maybe it's not that quotable. Like, there's not that many memorable, iconic scenes. I think the the people who would benefit the most from this are not the people who... How, how do I say this? I feel like this movie is a lot of wisdom packed into something that's somewhat funny. Mm-hmm. And it's somewhat entertaining. But most people aren't looking for wisdom in a slapstick comedy. Is this slapsticky though? No, it's not. I, it's it's difficult for me to say. I'm, I'm basically saying people who want to watch a Vince Vaughn movie are probably not looking for serious relationship advice in the Vince Vaughn movie. So it's coming out of right field un- unexpectedly. And it's probably not welcome. I agree with you. I think like... My most formative Vince Vaughn movie is probably Wedding Crashers. I mean, it's still saying something, you know, but I think it delivers more on the laughs. Right. It's more of a bromance. Like, that's the the A plot, I think, of the movie, and then the romance of the B plot. This is just, there's there's no back and forth, as you say, like, with someone to bounce off the Vince Vaughniness. Do you have thoughts on if this movie's aged well? Gary's younger brother has not aged well in his inappropriate rapey comments. Yes, incredibly rapey comments. Agree. Other than that, I mean, a lot of comedies from the early 2000s or the 2000s probably haven't aged super well, but I would say it's it's about par for the course in, in comedies. Yeah. I took note of Justin Long's character, Christopher. Mm-hmm. Like, if this movie were made today, I don't... I'm totally speaking out of turn in this because I don't really have experience with this and I'm not sure what the PC view is of this. But like, Justin Long is straight as a person. Mm -hmm. I think he identifies as hetero. Okay, so this is my assumption. He's playing a gay person also. Mm -hmm. Like, is this this still funny? I don't know if they would make the same character choices. 
you can't you can't make an effeminate person the point of the comedy. Like, is the fact that he's effeminate is that what makes him funny? Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that is what people find funny as much as they did in two thousand six. Right. Does that make sense? It does. The more appropriate way to handle a weird character would be the younger brother in Wedding Crashers. He's just plain creepy. <laughs> He's so good in that movie. Um, and I'm realizing, I didn't take notes on this, but talking about it, zero diversity in this film. There's one Asian person in this movie, and it happens to be the girl at game night who is new that night. I think John Favreau brought her. As his date. Oh, right. Yep. But, wow, I'm realizing, yeah, not one. It, it is Chicago. It is Chicago, which there is diversity in Chicago. So some trivia. I already mentioned the original ending. And I also mentioned that Jennifer Aniston and Vince Vaughn were dating during filming. They dated for a year. The man who plays Brooke's father is actually Vince Vaughn's real dad. Oh. His name is Vernon Vaughn, and he's an actor. Jennifer Aniston's character, Brooke, gets a quote-unquote Telly Savalas wax job during the movie. In real life, Telly Savalas is Jennifer Aniston's godfather. What? So Telly Savalas, I don't know him, but he was a big actor in the 70s in Kojak, which I've never watched, but that's got to be kind of weird. (laughs) I wonder how that got written into the script. Yeah, was that, uh, yeah, that's an interesting script choice there. I have some other quick things to add. Please, this is the time. I would love Vince Vaughn to be my tour of Chicago. Mm. If I were on a double-decker bus or on a boat, we actually went on the architecture tour on a boat in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I think Vince Vaughn would be a fantastic guy. The energy that he brings. So much energy. Yeah. Um, the second thing is actually another takeaway that's not about relationships. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it is about relationships. It was something that... What's the... What's the art gallery owner's name? Marilyn Dean. So one of the things that Marilyn Dean mentioned, actually, it wasn't Marilyn Dean. It was Brooke. Mm-hmm. Brooke tells Tom Brady Light that you should not buy art that you aren't willing to look at and walk by every single day. Like, who cares if it's a really famous artist or, or how much it's it worth costs. a lot? Yeah. Yeah. If you can't stand it, then don't buy it. It almost sounds like home buying advice. Don't don't worry about the appreciation. Don't worry about all these other things. If you can't stand living in it, don't buy it. Interesting. I think that is a good takeaway for anything, though. If you have to live with it. That's fair. But good point. Any other last takes? No, I think we covered it. Okay, cool. My one last take is that Jennifer Aniston, this is our second movie we've done together. What was the first one? I mean, of Jennifer Aniston. We did Just Go With It with her and Adam Sandler. And after watching this film, I was just like, again, I think I said this in the Just Go With It episode, but I'll say it again here, is that I miss her doing comedy. Like, I think she's funny. And I think she's gone to drama, which good for her, as she should, but throw in a blockbuster here and there for for the peeps. I'm sure Adam Sandler would have her back on another Netflix movie. Yeah. I mean, if you can do a Hubie Halloween, you could really (laughs) just put anything out there. Very, very true. But I think that wraps it up. Thank you, Frank, so much for going on this journey with me. And I'm glad that we were able to talk about a movie about a couple breaking up and, I don't know, come out unscathed. Knock on wood. Yeah.
To all tuning in to another episode of Romcom Weekly, thank you so much. You can follow us on Instagram at Romcom Weekly, and please subscribe to our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Please let us know what you think of this movie. What would you rate this on a scale from one to ten? And we'll chat with you again next week. Bye. Bye. Oh, 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 o